And of course, welcome back to another episode of X Talking Ish with your boy X. And this. You already know what to do if you are on Facebook. Please make sure you like and share this broadcast. If you are on our Facebook page, please make sure you go ahead and like the page so you can go ahead and you know keep up with all the updates we do all throughout the Facebook page. And if you are on YouTube, please make sure you go ahead and hit that red subscribe button. So you can go ahead and be tuned in to our shows and make sure you go ahead and hit that notification bell. So you can be notified for shows like this one in the future. Ding. Thank you for that ish. And as well, if you are on Twitter, please go ahead and check us out on Periscope. You can go ahead and check us out at X Talking Ish. And you can go ahead and tune in on my personal page at X underscore Williams 81. And I've already retweeted it. So go ahead and look at it because I know you're on my page. Stock on my Twitter page. So go ahead and check us out on Periscope. All righty then, Ish. We're back once again. This is the final, final sh- off-season show before we get into the regular season. It's about time. And I know everybody is, is look, Ish, I, I know everybody is just so hyped that football is back. But I want to be realistic <laughs> with all you, especially my Texan fans. I want to be, I wanna uh, be very honest. I'm just – I just need to make sure no, everybody understands. I need awesome. to make sure everybody understands. Preseason football <laughs> does not matter. So just because you go three and zero doesn't mean it doesn't carry over to the regular season. We saw what happens to the Lions when they went four and zero, and they went zero and sixteen the rest of the way. I'm not saying it's going to happen to the Texans. I'm just saying let's go ahead and hold our horses. And wait till regular season get here so they can get smacked across the head. That's fair. Okay. That's fair. That's all I'm saying. All righty then. Uh, before, of course, I introduce our very special guest of the day, uh, I want to go ahead and get to the comment section right quick. My boy Lee, he says, see you in four days. My boy has been nine years. He's ready for a good show. And what he is talking about is talking about Labor Day weekend. Uh, my boy Lee out here, he got him a... Uh, he got he has him a nice little get together out here in Austin, and hopefully I can swing by and go and check him out. I haven't seen him since our military days back at Fort Gordon, and I uh, hope I can see my boy once again. And definitely make sure we uh, let y'all know at X Talking Edge how that goes. He also asks, "Is it a prediction show next week?" He's obviously been paying attention because he's correct. Yes, sir. Next week, you already know the week prior to the season starts. You know we come out with our predictions when it comes to divisional winners, conference championship game matchups, Super Bowl matchups, and, of course, Super Bowl winner. So if you tune in next week, we'll have, of course, our prediction show. Uh, we'll talk about, of course, predicting uh, MVP, uh, rookie of the year, defense player of the year, all that good stuff. Uh, so please make sure you tune in next week. Um, but, of course, without further ado, uh, my long-winded self, and before I, of course, <laughs> give the mic over to Ish, because I know everybody's tired of me talking, I want to introduce a very special guest, a gentleman that's um, I, I feel like is he's he he embodies his city. He's a guy that his his city and his work ethic are the exact same, hardworking, 
and he's a guy that's just trying to is out here trying to get a, get an opportunity. And I feel as though that sooner or later he'll get that opportunity. And I just want to bring him on to the show. I met him out in June, out in Fort Worth, uh, for the College Gridiron Showcase. He came out there. He put on a hell of an effort. I actually have a couple of clips uh, that I'm going to run. I'm going to uh, not, it doesn't get the full view of what he was able to do, but it gives a little some some. And uh, I want to introduce Mr. Jaden Gordon. Please, Mr. Jay hey, Gordon, introduce yourself. <laughs> hey, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me. My name is Jaden Gordon. Uh, I'm a student at the University of Oregon. I study journalism, specif specifying in public relations with a minor in sports business. We appreciate you, Jaden. Uh, I'm going to throw yeah. the mic over to Ish right quick so he can uh, get a chance to introduce you to the rest of the X Talking ish crew that's tuning in tonight yeah yeah Jaden. so i mean just tell us a little bit about your journey about like you know your life at oregon what you've been doing there and then you know your um plans to go and join the football team and how that's going oh uh, yeah thanks Ash. thanks ish for first of all for bringing me on the show but yeah let's get started um uh first um let me just go ahead and go on record and say that, yeah, the University of Oregon has uh, treated me very, very well. I've been a student there um, for not long, actually. I've been there for about six months. I've only put two quarters in, and we operate on the three-quarter uh, system, three quarters equals a year. So I haven't been there for a full year. Um, it's great. The journey getting here, um, I say, is definitely one to remember. Um, a lot of people talk about their journeys, their walk-on lives, and um, ultimately getting to their dream destinations for whatever it is, but um, it's never easy for most people for an individual story. It's never easy for the most part. Um, me, I've had the privilege of uh, traveling and seeing a bunch of different people before it was time to get to the University of Oregon. So um, just let me go ahead and start with my journey if you guys don't mind uh, hearing that. So uh, I graduated. I graduated from a high school, uh, Central Valley High School. Um, it's located just outside of Pittsburgh in a small town called uh, Manaka, Manaka, Pennsylvania. I grew up in the city, Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, which is notoriously known for a bunch of NFL Hall of Famers. Um, some of them uh, live a lot closer to me than most. Uh, but, yeah, I played at Central Valley High School. I graduated in 2018. Um and yeah, I was a little bit undersized in high school. Um, you know, wasn't really the biggest guy playing uh, high school football. You know, had had a lot of infamy coming in in my youth years from being dynamic, being talented, one of the most talented guys in my area. Um, but that took a major hit when I had suffered um, broken legs in the USA uh, national football team uh, in eighth grade. I played for the U15 team in Canton, Ohio, to make my run on the national team to play against Canada and Japan. Um, I suffered uh, a broken legs there and ultimately, you know, beginning, I missed my freshman year of, of high school due to those injuries. And then from there, um, just being undersized and dealing with injuries really kept me off the field up until uh, my senior year of high school. And, you know, I came in as an unheralded senior and uh, I made a very, very big impact. So I was able to, you know, to restore that talent that was showcased in my youth years. I was able to restore that. Um, having one full season under my belt, I was able to um, claim the record, the school record for most career, uh, most interceptions in a single season. Um, that was seven. 
I was able to lock in seven interceptions in just a single season with no playoffs, um, you know, tacked onto it. So um, when that was able, when that went, when that happened, you know, I just told myself, you know, I still have it. I was able to go out there and show that I still had it. And um, unfortunately, you know, no offers or no schools at all came in. So I was able to go to a school closer to home. Um, I went to a small college known as Waynesburg University, where I had uh, made the wrestling team. I had went there for a little bit of uh, money in exchange for wrestling. Um, Division three um, started on the wrestling team, but felt that it was time to hang that up after I had suffered a, a hand injury, um, which I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, played a little bit of football there, but really didn't enjoy it ultimately. Um, decided to move to a smaller school that was a little bit closer to my city, to be a little bit closer to my family um, due to the, the tragic passing of my cousin um, back in 2016. The family had felt a little bit of a loss, you know, we're still trying to gain a little bit of strength back from there. So being near near the family was the most important objective. Um, spent a year at Waynesburg and then spent a year at the University uh, at Westminster College, another small school that happens to be in the same conference as them. Uh, didn't play football there, didn't do any wrestling there because they didn't have that. So, um, you know, just went there for academics pretty much. I guess you can say that for Waynesburg as well. Um, went to those two schools for academics, got some really, really good grades. And uh, yeah, I just felt like that I wasn't done playing football. I knew that I had retired from wrestling, um, but I knew where my heart was on the football field. I knew that for not having a, as much experience in high school and to go out and have a dynamic season like that in high school to bring um, the notoriety amongst myself after that single season, I knew I still had a lot in the tank. And so I was able to work very, very hard. And before I knew it, um, I remember talking about going to a Pac-12 university since I was eight years old. And Oregon was my dream school. And little before I knew it, I had the opportunity to go out there. And um, someone was able to, you know, recommend me getting into school. And that made my chances of going out to Oregon easier. Um, you know, in 2020, you know, the pandemic had hit us. But uh, to kick off my 2021 year, I ended up transferring to the University of Oregon in March where, um, you know, the grind didn't stop. Everything was beautiful. It was hard to take in because, wow, I went from a small college, two small colleges with 1,500 people there to a college with 40,000 people in there, which was my dream, which which was my, my dream. Someone coming from a small uh, steel city, um, you know, to the big stage like that. And so, you know, when I had got there, um, I began to work. I knew that, the, the, you know, it didn't stop here. It didn't stop at the airport. And it didn't stop. Once I got to the university, there was more work to be put in. And so I went there and I found the nearest field and started working, working, went to every practice, had to watch from outside the gates, you know, most, most, most instances. Um, practices are closed off to the public. So I had to watch from far away. And so, you know, for about three months, I trained, I worked hard. Um, no answers. I, I messaged every coach every day, no answers. And uh, on my last day of spring term in 2021, my very first term at the University of Oregon, um, I was on my way to the store and I came across four individual athletes on the team. 
Some are there, some are in the NFL making runs, and some are still on the team. But I'll go ahead and name them. Uh, Jamal Hill from Georgia. He's currently a defensive back in Oregon secondary. Um, DJ James, a former Oregon defensive back who transferred to Auburn University, who's uh, making the run at a starting cornerback position there. Triquez Bridges, who's also a starting corner at the University of Oregon, and then Michael Wright, who forewent his remaining eligibility to uh, to opt out and go to the NFL, uh, the NFL draft, who's making runs for the Arizona Cardinals right now. Um, I went to the store, and those four were on a nearby field because they were cleaning the facilities because we were still in a two-year pandemic search, so 2020 and 2021. And uh, I just thought to myself as I was passing them, like, this was the moment, you know, I had a very outgoing personality. This was the moment that I dreamed of being on the field at the Pac-12 level with Pac-12 athletes. So what did I do? Um, I walked over, I introduced myself and said, hey, you four, um, I noticed that you guys were all wearing similar gear. You guys were on the football team. Um, they, they told me they were. And I was like, hey, would you guys be honored uh, – I would be honored if I could get a workout in with you guys, you know, where I come from, you know, we have a huge football background and um, this is very important to me. I want to make this team. And at first they were like, no, no, uh, you can't do this. We, we don't, we don't want to train with you. And then I walked away and then they called me back and they were like, Hey, um, well, you know, second, second thought we, you know, we'd love to have you work out with us. We still have an hour and a half of work. Um, we just started. So join us. And then the rest was history. Um, they gave me some drills to do. They let me do some one-on-one -on -one coverage with them. They let me go on offense. And um, quite frankly, they were impressed. And they told me that they were going to hit hit the coach up. I didn't believe them, you know, because if you're an Oregon football player, you have a lot of things that you need to, uh, you need to juggle. So, and um, I was super excited, called my family and told them that I got to train with some football players um, and those weren't the only ones that I was able to train with, but those were the ones that showed me the most grace that took me under their wing. And they followed through after the workout to make sure I was okay. And some of them actually asked me to help them with homework assignments and just talk to them about my journey. And then uh, I went home for summer break after spring. And three weeks before classes started, I get a, I get a follow on Twitter from a particular coach. Um, I'll keep his name classified. But he followed me and he said, hey, uh, are you in Eugene right now? Are you training? And I was like, I've been training. I went home for the summer because I can't afford to stay out there. Um, but if you call me to get me out to Eugene, um, you, whatever, whenever you want me to come out, I'll be there. You know. And so he was like, we may need to bring you into camp. Um, just letting you know that I'm going to be offering you um, a spot whenever, if we are able to bring people into camp. Um, you're going to be the first guy that's going to get this offer on campus to come into camp. So make sure you're training and just make sure you're by your phone. And so I got the news, ran all the way to my mom's house because I don't live far from my mom, kicked the door down and, was, and, you know, it was like, hey, I got offered by the coach. Like, what am I supposed to do? She said, you know, pray, keep God first, but just keep working hard. And, um, you know, what I did was I just I sent I sent two messages a day. Some coaches probably get annoyed by that, you know, but I said, hey, you're probably not going to like this, but I'm going to send you a message every day and let you know just because I can't have anybody else take this opportunity that, that I've been uh, working hard for. You know, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all about my ducks. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take this. And so he said, yeah, I appreciate you. Just stay in touch. I can't answer because I'm busy. Um, but just, yeah, just know that your messages aren't going unseen. And so I just continued to do that. And then a week before camp started, he told me that coach hasn't made a decision to bring anybody on. And then um, I just needed to wait. And so after that, um, I ended up unfortunately not receiving a call or a message from him. But, you know, the, the season played out. They did well. And uh, I got a message from him saying that I was going to be the first priority for the spring. They had a ton of injuries and that he wanted me on there for the spring because I was very respectful. I continued to work hard and I defied all odds. You know, they pushed me away and I was going to the facility. I had um, a clear background check. I was, you know, I was letting people know that I had a reliable source from the inside of the walls and that somebody was going to make sure that I was going to be taken care of on the inside. And, um, you know, unfortunately, financials um, had got in the way during my fall term. Um, I had to withdraw from the university and also the coaching staff had split after this past season. And so a lot of coaches went to the University of Miami. Some had went to Akron, some stayed behind at Oregon and some had went to Nevada and uh, other schools. Well, luckily for the particular coach, um, he was so impressed with you know, my enthusiasm, my leadership, and what I wanted to bring as a walk-on that when he had got to the University of Nevada, instead of offering me a walk-on spot, he offered me a preferred walk-on spot and suggested that I would do whatever I could to fi figure out financials and um, transfer transfer rules, transfer policies to transfer to Nevada and, and hopes to earn a scholarship. And, you know, that was special for me because – that wasn't just a D2 offer or a D3 offer. That was a Division One FBS offer. That was my dream. And not only that, that was the only offer that I had ever received. Um, no school had came to visit me in high school. No, no school had came to talk to me at all when I had went to these particular universities in Division Three and small college. They were all on like a leap of faith. They were all who, what school was nearby and cheaper. And so um, having that on my resume that I have one official Division One FBS offer is something that I can be proud of because I went to Oregon with nothing, with little to nothing. And I told myself if I wanted to be successful or get noticed that I had to go in and do something that was going to make an impact. And that made an impact. Now, unfortunately, due to compliance and transfer rules, me transferring a couple of times, uh, I'm unable to play at Nevada due to um, compliance and transfer or without sitting out for a year. So the good news is, is I can try to figure out waiver situations, but I'm all about the ducks, as you guys know, and I'm still willing to do whatever I can to get my degree and get started with my life, whether it's to continue in playing football, which is what I want to do, or hanging it up and pursuing uh, my dream career, my dream career job. All right, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what you just spoke about. But I want to start off with this ish. This man said this is only his second podcast and he's in school for journalism, right? He obviously he's obviously on the right path because this man just spoke for about a good 15 minutes straight without no water. Because I know good and damn well when I'm talking <laughs> about <right now. laughs> <laughs> 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 Jake, you got oh, to do whatever you want to do. 
Uh, shout out to you for being for able sure. to let us know what what has been going on with you. And of course, I know that's just the summary. That's just the summary of yeah, what's been the, going on. That's not even really the nitty gritty because I know there's a lot more to it than what's been going on. Um, also, the real question I have for you is, and don't shy away from this because I already know what's going on. Nothing. Don't be ashamed of it. I just need to know. You know, I just need. I just need to know. How tall are you, Jay? Uh, yeah, correct. So uh, I'm five foot nine and three quarters, maybe five ten, um, a little bit over, a little bit under, depending on uh, okay. if I stretch correctly. <laughs> the reason why I ask this question is because you have all the stats on your Twitter, but you don't have nothing about your height. Don't run from it. It ain't going nowhere. Don't run from it. I'm just saying, look, Jay, you gotta, you got, you have to embrace it. I know you feel as though that it's a it's a drawback. It's something that that you can't recover from. But some of the best safeties in the league right now are your height, or maybe even shorter, or at corners or safety. Any, any of these DBs out here, don't get me wrong. The prototype is maybe like a Jalen Ramsey, but that's one of a kind. That everybody can't be a Jalen Ramsey. Everybody cannot be uh, even a guy like an Xavier Rose when he was you know who he was before the injuries, but. With you, you have to play within your size. And I know you know that already. Of course, you you obviously have been doing that to uh, until this day. But you can't run away from the height. You know, so mm-hmm. if I were you, just, just continue to keep embracing it. Ish. I'm not going to throw you under the bus like that, but aren't, aren't you a little shorter? That, right? that means you're going to throw me under I'm, the bus. I might be. <laughs> you are a little shorter than Jaden, correct? I'm the same height. I, okay, my bad. I thought you were about to end short. Okay, with that being said, as you can see, Jay, it's possible. It's possible. It's not. It's not impossible. You can go out there and go do it. It's just oh, yeah, for sure. It's just when it comes to, of course, situation that you're in. It's a very um, unfortunate situation, mainly due because of COVID. Uh, COVID mm-hmm. taking a year away from you, and of course, all these other athletes, and of course, students as well. Um, it's putting you in a very unfortunate predicament when it comes to. How long will you are you willing to stay in college and try to pursue, of course, this goal of playing for the Ducks until he's 80? Hey, <laughs> if you want to do it, until, hey, no wrong with that. <laughs> you know, we're not paying through the loans. I'm college. You good with here, here you go with that. But I can't put can't put a particular name on the one individual, but I know there was a guy who played for, I think, an HBCU a few years back, and his father had went back to school to play a particular down. Um, they had handed him the ball. And they, uh, you know, they were like, hey, just take the knee, you know, take the knee. And he tried to run it, and, you know, he got slammed around on that talking, one. You're talking about old school from South Carolina State. Old school from South Carolina yeah, yeah, State, yeah. 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 yeah had the old had yeah. the old helmet, had the yeah. old helmet. <laughs> but I, I don't think know it was name off the top of my head right now, but, yeah, not, not a good look. <laughs> That's one of those things where, uh, yeah, when you're about yeah, a certain age, about to kind of wrap it up before somebody wraps <laughs> you up yeah. and drive you into the curve. Real yeah. cool. yeah. Yeah, but I think I think yeah, with the height, yeah, I think that's something that I could do a little bit more on embracing on uh, my social media. I think I'll have to find some room to include that in my bio so people can't see that. Right, plenty of room, plenty of room in there. Go ahead, like I say, go ahead, throw that bug. Go ahead, throw that bug. <laughs> nine, five, nine, three quarter, baby. Go ahead, throw that bug in there. Sounds um, good to me. But again, um, before I throw it to Ish, 
Um, I want to talk about it a little bit right now, and, I wrap, and I'll wrap it up later before we get done with the whole uh, spill, what we're doing right now. I know you love Oregon, but what if you don't get the opportunity to be able to play with Oregon? Are you okay with still staying there at, at, with the school and getting your degree? It seems as though you love Oregon uh, through and through, no matter if it's the school, uh, going to school there or, of course, playing football there. Uh, is is that something that you're okay with when it comes to not being able to get that opportunity? Because sometimes uh, it's, I, I mean, it, you know, and you can ask Ish, it's a little demoralizing when you keep getting something, you know, dangled in front of you, like, hey, go on with this walk on, and then something happens, and it's like, ah, okay, well, maybe next semester, you know, or maybe next semester, and there's just, it, it gets to a point where, you know, it can make you just say, hey, I don't, I'm good with playing football. Is that something that you've thought about as well, too? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I knew what the journey was going to be before I had stepped out on a leap of faith to get wherever I needed to get to. Um, not just being a Doug football player at the age of eight, talking about it. Uh, you know, this is something that has been, you know, wrapping and circling around my mind, circling around my brain since I was a young kid. I just remember you know, something about the Ducks icon. And then as I became to get older, as I began to get older, um, it just became about, you know, the type of people that you meet wherever you go and the type of relationship that you're going to build. You know, we call that networking, right? So, you know, it's all about the networking that you do. And as I got older, I began to see like what type of people that I was going to be dealing with out in the Pac-12, out in the West Coast, which ultimately uh, led to my decision of me wanting to go to school out uh, in the Pac-12 somewhere out west. Yes, uh, I am ultimately very, very comfortable if it means that I need to put down the game of football and pursue my degree. Uh, degree. Um, I've always wanted to graduate at Oregon Duck. Um, this is like one of the best places. I can't see myself really going anywhere else uh, in the J school or the journalism school. Uh, I've met amazing people. Um, there's things that I want to do uh, in my career after the game of football is officially over and done. And it is time for me to move on that uh, I feel like that I could, you know, get to and do to begin to put myself along the roads following after guys and role models such as you and Ish. You know, you guys are uh, amazing husbands. You guys are fathers. And, um, you know, I believe that with the career that I want to pursue and the relationships that I'm going to build with people that I can step out and do whatever it is that I needed to do, whether it's football or not, to, to follow suit after you guys. So, yes, I'm more than comfortable with hanging up the cleats and pursuing and graduating and getting my degree here at the University of Oregon. There's no place like it, and I'm very blessed to be a duck. Uh, you hear that ish? Look at him over here trying to butter <laughs> our biscuits. Ah, Jaden, I see you trying to. I ain't gonna lie, though. I do appreciate the compliment. Though. I really do. But on a serious note, though, Jaden, again, you have a bright future ahead of you. Whatever you want to do, you can do. Uh, as you can see, I got the ticker going on with Jaden's Twitter handle. So please go ahead and, and follow Jaden on Twitter so he can, of course, uh, keep y'all updated on his journey as well ish. I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to you right quick. No, I mean, you know, the story, your story is one that's definitely one that, you know, people need to take note of because it's just a example of, you know, never giving up, continue to fight, continue to work, continue to, you know, find those uh, opportunities. And then when the opportunity does come, 
not letting that opportunity go, right? Like following up, being able to do the right things. And, you know, um, the story's not done yet. There's still a lot to come and that opportunity still might be there. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, some of that compliance stuff, I know that's one of the, <laughs> that's one of the gotcha things in, uh, in that's college football talk, that that's people don't, don't talk know to about in high school. Yeah, people don't know anything yeah. about compliance until you get in the game. <laughs> You normally don't know anything about it until it bites you in the butt. But uh, for all you high school kids out there watching that you're, you know, you want to play in college football, you might want to start looking up compliance because it definitely can get you and it will get you in the end. I saw it happen to one of my um, one of my best friends in college that was on our team. Uh, He actually lost his last year um, due to compliance. So. Hey, it's just really letting y'all know, my man is he he told y'all straight ahead. He got the opportunity, and then sure enough, compliance just had to rear its ugly head because who knows? I don't know. Yeah, college college football is one of those things where you know it's just like life. It gets it gives the exam first, and then and then the lesson. You know, a, a lot of people, you know. You know, in terms, if you come from a little bit more of a stable background or you have a bunch of things in place, um, college football can be relatively easy as long as you do what you need to do in high school. Um, College football on, you know, whatever level it is, as long as you take care of the basics and you show out and you do what you need to do in particular aspects and you get good grades, it can seem like a a relatively easy thing to do, depending on a division, depending on the conference uh, of play. Um, But yeah, com- uh, compliance is definitely a thing that that definitely gives uh, the exam first and then the lesson. Um, it's definitely a real thing. And um, I know I'm probably not the only one that this has happened to before. And it's probably not going to happen. It's probably going to happen to a lot more people to come after me. So this is something that I would uh, leave for individuals who are in high school and going to college. Uh, make sure you, you really like where you're going to go or you do some research on a lot of uh, institutions and universities um, because compliance can rear in you. And uh, you might think you might have an opportunity to play football again. You might think it's near and then you may never see it again. So, and I'm walking that journey. So I can definitely give you guys a, a story behind that. Yep. First-hand experience, as you said, first-hand, you experience. first-hand, first-hand experience. experience. Let's get to the comment section right quick. Let's get to the video. And then we will go ahead and wrap it up with Jaden. Uh, with some NFL stuff. With some, yeah, some NFL. Jaden wants to stick around talk about some videos. Is that what you want to do, Jaden? Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm okay. We'll keep Jaden on talk about some NFL. Of course, we have one of our favorites, Mr. Justin Saber, talking about Roll Tide. We back. And as you can, <laughs> Alabama fan, that is our boy Bama. And of course, our boy says, We're rooting for you, man. What a journey! Definitely an inspiration. Wish you nothing but the best in your future endeavors. Now you got fans in Nebraska. Mm. So, thank you. you. That means a lot. As man. you can see, people actually live in Nebraska. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Actually, one of, one of my good friends who is a defensive back on the University of Oregon football team. He, he was a four-star coming out of high school. He's one of my good friends, and he was uh, he's supposed to be my roommate, actually, coming up this year. I give him a lot of problems. Um, <laughs> I give him a lot of problems just for him being a good friend of mine. But uh, his name is Avante Dickerson, um, and he's a four-star DB uh, hailing from Omaha, Nebraska, who – Chose the Ducks over the Cornhuskers. Those were his Ooh. final two schools. Boy, the, the funny thing about that is that uh, my boy Lee's gonna love you even more because he is a Nebraska corn hater, 
And it's uh it's, it's honestly you you like I did that, honey. Like I, did I like that. that. I, honestly <laughs> love, I honestly love watching Lee troll Nebraska because I don't care for Nebraska, uh, especially being a Longhorns fan. You know, we know their rivalry. Uh, the only reason why I even res- remotely respect Nebraska because, because, of course, our connection with Will Shields. Other than that, um, you know, Nebraska has been on the wrong side of things over mm-hmm. the last, at least the last 20 years now. And it has not been pretty. This game recently with them uh, over the weekend was was just, ugh, just a, it seems like oh it might be goodness. the start of another horrific season for them and might be the last season for Scott Frost. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I'm going to play this video for you guys, and then we'll also talk about Oregon's matchup with Georgia this upcoming weekend. Of course, we have Jaden here to talk about that. Uh, mm-hmm. So let me go ahead and run this video for y'all right quick after this comment from our guy, Randy Daniels. He says, glad to see you guys again. I'm ready for some football. Yes, sir. Man. Chiefs fan out here in the building. Ugh, you know, can't wait. Him Chiefs, and uh, we're going to go ahead and play this video for you guys right Now, what you guys just saw was an actual exclusive first-hand view of one of the, the new videos that our camera guy, Chad Bose, was able to put together from that event, uh, the College Great Iron Showcase. So, again, if you actually tune into X Talking Ish, you're able to uh, see something that nobody else has been able to see except for Ish, I, and Chad. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed that video. That was, again, a little snippet of um, what we were able to capture over the four hours we were out in Fourth Ward. Um, I want Jaden to touch on it just a little bit uh, due to him not being so used to the Texas weather. Um, yeah, I want him to talk a little bit about that, a little bit about his performance. And then, of course, we'll wrap it up with uh, with, with Jaden and, of course, his college journey and we'll get into the NFL. Before we do that, last comment from Lee. He says, yeah, I know who he is. He went to Omaha West Side, five minutes down the road from me. He's well known. So, yes. As y'all can see, Nebraska is a small place. Seems it's right a small by. place. You crazy. <laughs> you here you, here you go with that. Like, you just being. I, mean, <laughs> nah, I would love man. to go to Omaha. I would, nah, I, I you on some dumb stuff days, tonight, bro. And you I'm, and I'm on pretty it. sure. It's only about two traffic lights and probably you really on it. Probably you really on it tonight. I can't wait to go visit Omaha. I'm pretty sure it's a stone thrown away. (laughs) Those stadiums are those stadiums are all pretty unique too. They're all kind of similar because you know Big Ten kind of has that old school downhill running kind of football with ninety thousand fans in the stadium. Uh, Them in Wisconsin, their stadiums look a lot. uh, they, They look very very similar. And then you, of course, Michigan looks just like that too. And then yeah, some unique ones with Ohio State and uh, Penn State. But, yeah, but, um, you know, um, the journey to the CGSCA down in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, yeah, so this is when I had first uh, withdrew from Oregon for a little bit due to financials. Um, um, and I had received my first offer to Nevada, Reno. I, w- I had to take myself out of the – put myself in the transfer portal really to be able to participate in 
this camp because it was a it was a combine or sports showcase geared towards athletes in the transfer portal. And so once I did that, uh, I had received the invitation to come uh, come down. Uh, came down to Pittsburgh. Uh, I left there. It was about 55 degrees when I had left and came down to Fort Worth. And uh, the two days before I had got there, um, the two days before the showcase, it peaked at about 98, 99. And then the day of the event, it sat at 106 degrees. So the transition from that, uh, it was a rough one. I'm not going to lie to you, X and Nish. It was very, very rough, you know. Up here in Pennsylvania in the summer, we're lucky to get 90 degrees, maybe 85. We play 85 um, when it's time to start the football season for high school. We'll never, ever, ever get to 100. I think we hit 100 like 15 years ago when I was young, but Mm. we'll never hit that. So We hit hit 115 um, days minimum out of the year. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And so I went down there and – I was in shape. I had made sure I prepared for this moment, made sure my body was in um, applicable conditions, available conditions, and, um, you know, uh, stretched well, competed well for the first 15 minutes. And then <laughs> the funny thing is, is from every every play after 15 or 20 minutes of the showcase, I think I needed some cold water poured on me or a sip of water because it was just that hot. Like, there's really nothing you can do to prepare for the heat unless you've been in the heat all year round. And I think yeah. myself and another individual were the only people from the North. Everyone else was from Texas or Arizona or New Mexico, and they were all running around having a good time. And I was like, how do you guys not need I water? Know. You might have been paying attention to everybody because there definitely was some wide receivers that yeah. were definitely hurt. <laughs> I was, I was out there with the wide receivers, and there were guys from Texas. And Some I, of them were Arizona. I know there's one from Arizona. I wanted to get on the show. He didn't. He didn't want to be on. But there was a guy from Arizona that was he was hurting. hurting. Exactly. I probably he was still, oh still, still recovering. Yeah, he probably didn't want to talk about it. He's still recovering. But on a serious note, yeah, it don't matter if you come from Arizona or uh, Nevada. You know that that I've been in both the de- the dry desert heat and the moist humid heat. <laughs> And that human <laughs> heat is just something that you can't, you cannot yeah, prepare for. It's the reason that why pro athletes come down to Houston to train, Houston or Dallas to train, is because of the heat itself is just completely different. And um, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm happy again that you were able to uh, adapt the way that you were able to adapt, mainly because from what I've seen, from what I was able to see, what you were able to do is. Pretty much what the what the New England Patriots do towards the end of the season when it's 30, 30 degrees in New England, they have to go to Miami and play and it's 75 degrees. Mm-hmm. Kind of on par what you what you had to do to where uh, uh, you know again a lot of people don't think about when when the athletes are being athletes, it's not about just playing in your backyard all day every day. You have to travel and adapt to the air to the area that you are are in. And have to play in that environment. We've seen that yeah. also with a guy like uh, uh, Ryan Clark that's on ESPN, where he couldn't mm-hmm. play in Denver due to the altitude. You know, mm-hmm. there was one in time where if he played, he could have died literally. You know, so that yeah, he was that also. My bad, Jay. Yeah, no, he he was battling sickle cell, yeah. and um, yeah, that ultimately you know had a decision and a final say in um, him ending his career a little bit. But yeah. Um, when I was in a transfer portal and even just being a walk on and, and trying my hand at the university of Oregon, um, I've had to tra- I've had to travel a bunch of different places to experience top tier competition because 
you know, when I'm home training, you know, there's this program that I train with called Two Tents uh, Speed and Agility. Um, the, the most famous athlete to be brought up in the program is Aaron Donald. You know, he was one of the, the forefronts of our program. And then there are some guys in the NFL, um, Dane Jackson, defensive back for the Buffalo Bills, along with DeMar Hamlin. Um, both of them, all of them are pit alums. And then running back Miles Sanders from the Philadelphia Eagles. And there's just a lot more there that we can mention. Kenny Robinson from the Panthers. And a lot of them would get together and, um, you know, because they're in the NFL when I wasn't there quite yet. And there's a lot of guys who are already on rosters in college. So they have places that they need to be. Um, I would go from training with 50 individuals to training all by myself because, you know, I'm the only one or there's one or two other guys there without a home. So we would get together and we would travel different places to link up with a bunch of different people to experience that altitude difference, that temperature change and you know, getting all of that in one when you train with top tier competition. So I was able to go to New Jersey. I was able to go to Nevada. I was able to go to Oregon and Washington, um, Texas, you know, been to a bunch of different places to train and meet some uh, some amazing guys, some amazing athletes and, and train. So, yeah. What do you like better? Heat, heat or cold? I, me personally, I'm in the north. I like to play in the cold. Um, the reason why is because you can always layer up. And once you're, you know, you play in the cold, it's warm. <laughs> uh, I, I typically don't wear anything when it's hot. Um, I don't wear any sleeves, anything under my under my pads. And I'm still in a puddle full of sweat whenever I go out there for game day and play. So I don't know. Uh, when we were in the state championship my sophomore year, um, I seen I, I didn't really believe that individuals could uh, could play in a state championship football game with snow falling and it being 20 degrees, 15 degrees out with Ooh. nothing under their pads. And they are Ooh. literally playing with nothing under their pads. And you can just see the smoke just flaring from their body. Yeah, you'd be surprised <laughs> when it comes to snow, it's actually not as cold as you think. I was able to play in snow one time in my life when I was in Korea. And it's surprisingly not as cold as you think, especially once you start moving around. It's, it's weird. It's weird. Ish. A uh, question to you as well. Heat or cold? Uh, heat, bro. I can't stand the cold, especially as somebody that played, um, you know, corner man, going out there and having <laughs> to catch the ball and the ball hard as a rock in that cold air, just terrible tackling people. I mean, just terrible. I just couldn't, I, I never could do it. Your hands just like, no, I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. I know that you can layer up and stuff, but. There's only so much you can do about your hands and that ball that just I don't I can't do it, man. I'm yeah. sorry. I rather the heat. I be hot all day long, and I'm I'm assuming that's because we grew up in Houston. For me, is I rather do the heat. I mean, give me 105 degrees any day of the week, baby. I be twenty on the field. I don't care any day of the week. I love me dripping some sweat. I ain't I ain't worried about none of that. No, I love the heat. I love the heat. Um, <laughs> I think I think playing playing football. I think I would like playing in the cold because uh, when you're hot, it doesn't really have an effect on you. But I think heat-wise, I, I definitely want to live somewhere that's warm. I like the heat better when it ter- in terms of life. Yeah, All right. you come to Houston. You, yeah, you, you get that. plenty of that. Yeah, you ain't lying on that. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move on to one of the games of the weekend. Of course, Oregon travels down to – it seems as though it might be a home game for Georgia playing in, in, in Atlanta at Chick-fil-A. Class, uh, I'm sorry, Chick Fil A kickoff game. 
Um, at the moment, University of Oregon is a 17-point underdog. Jaden, when you hear that, um, how do you think the Oregon squad is preparing for this upcoming matchup? And do you also think that, hey, they can make, probably show up and make a statement for the rest of the world because of, you know, everybody, of course, assuming Georgia will be able to just repeat what they were able to do last year. Uh, is this something that Oregon could come in and maybe shock the world? Yes, Edge. Um, yeah, to get into that, when I hear the terms uh, a 17-point spread or a 17-point underdog, um, I feel kind of disrespected about that, you know. And um, Georgia is an amazing team. You saw what they were able to accomplish last year winning the national championship with a previously uh, former walk-on quarterback who earned his scholarship in Stetson Bennett the fourth. Um, they had an amazing defense, um, a guy from up in uh, Washington named Kelly Ringo, who's uh, a vital importance to that Georgia defense. Um, so there's going to be a lot of talent flying around on that field. They're able to accomplish a lot. And this is the SEC that we're talking about. This is big hogs you're talking about when it comes to playing football and this conference is very very decorative they're very very decorated um for a conference with a lot of individual teams in there making a bunch of statements it's unfortunate that two of those teams can really make it to the playoffs every year because a lot of those teams are ranked but they have to play each other and fight for those spots um i feel like oregon is a little bit disrespecting them to that um according you know because last year Oregon was able to travel all the way to Columbus, Ohio, which is three and a half hours from where I live. They went all the way to the horseshoe to take on the number three Ohio State Buckeyes. Top four, you know, they were they were early decided to make the college playoffs early in the preseason poll. And, you know, Oregon was under under um, undersized. They had a little bit of a a little bit of numbers, a number lackage uh, on their roster. And they were able to go in there under men and get the job done. They were missing uh, one of their key players in Kayvon Thibodeau. So they had a couple of guys individually step up. There's a couple of guys on Oregon's roster, um, defensive, uh, defensive end Braden Swenson, um, who is from Georgia, has Georgia roots, and Jamal Hill, who also has Georgia roots as well. Both of them, um, they both weren't offered by the University of Georgia. And so um, they feel like this is a statement game for them going in there. And I know Braden Swenson has a little bit more of a feeling about that, but I know those two individuals will get to play in front of their fans. But um, Georgia, uh, Oregon has been able to do it multiple times. Uh, they went in there and they shot the nation, defeating Ohio State. Um, they, they were able to go to a bunch of different places and compete. I know Oregon has a lot of those games. Last year in the Alamo Bowl, they played Oklahoma, um, and it felt like a home game for Oklahoma because of how close OU is to um, the Alamo um, the Alamo Bowl, the Alamo Dome. So um, I think Oregon could get it done. And the reason why I say that is because you obviously know if you paid attention last year, um, the defense was a huge responsibility in – they served a huge role into shutting out numerous teams from the SEC in their points advantage. They held teams to very, very minuscule points. And who was the guy that was the mastermind behind that defense? Dan Landing, who is our head coach, the new head coach in for the Oregon Ducks. He not only did he coach that defense, he was part, he was the one that helped compose that and bring it all together. He brought everybody on that coaching staff together and said, hey, how can we develop this and make this what it is? And slowly but surely, you saw them getting better year in, year out, saw them plugging and placing, plugging and replacing, putting guys in there that were going to make plays. You had guys like Tyndall, N'Kobe Dean to go in there and, and, and make plays. So, you know, 
I think it's going to be hard that Georgia is going to have to replace some of those guys. You know, these are going to be athletes, four-star, five-star guys that are capable of making plays against Oregon, but they have to understand how much of a threat Oregon is due to West Coast speed. They have We have shorter receivers that can make plays. I think the game is going to be a lot closer. I think uh, Dan Landing has a lot of respect for Georgia, and not only does he know the ins and outs, he knows how uh, Coach Kirby Smart is going to think. He knows what players like to do what, where do they like to go, how do they swing move to get to the quarterback, you know, their punch and roll technique, anything that they can do to get to the ball. I think I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that. As y'all see, everybody, we're probably going to have Jaden as our West Coast uh, advisor. Uh, anytime we do anything, <laughs> anything from the West Coast, we're just going to have, go ahead and put Jalen on the on the call to uh, check in with us when we're talking-ish because as y'all can see, he has the scoop. What's going on in Oregon? Let's get to the comment section right quick from our boy Lee. He says, Omaha is bigger than San Diego. Outside of Omaha, though, you are correct. Um, I understand Omaha might be bigger than San Diego, but San Diego is San Diego. Just, San Diego is way better, too. Yeah, just, <laughs> you said it, not me. All right, my boy Randy said, if you go to Omaha, don't come see me in KC. There will be hell to pay. Just saying, Randy, you know, you know I'm going to come see you. You know you're my dog. You know you literally, literally – you my dog too, because you got the dog in the picture and whatnot. So I'm gonna have to pet the dog, of course. But on a serious note, though, um, of course, when I go out to Omaha and see all my boys, I appreciate that. Uh, Jaden, we of course appreciate you for being on tonight, talking about Oregon Duck football, talking about your journey. Of course, we're gonna keep you on because we're gonna finish up the last ten minutes of the show with uh, the NFL. Pretty much, of course, is wrapping up preseason football, which I know everybody just love so much. Um, and we're going to talk about, of course, uh, some of the big news that popped up just yesterday. And the, and the biggest news, of course, is the 49ers uh, pulled an okie doke on everybody. And it might as, might, I think they might have pulled an okie doke on themselves, too, because I don't think the 49ers thought that they were going to re-sign Jimmy G. But uh, it looks as though that happened. The 49ers went ahead and I feel as though did the smart thing and just um, have a proven veteran backup that is a, a proven solid backup. I mean, it's the the way that the Niners were able to make Trey Lance the starter and kind of just throw Jimmy to the side. And then once he got thrown to the side, it's, it was like, hey, Jimmy, nobody wants you, so just come back to us. We'll treat you right. We all love you. We know, you know technically we didn't want to push you to the side. It's just business. But since our business is kind of lacking due to, you know, I guess nobody wants you, go ahead, come back to us. We're safe here. You know Trey going to mess up maybe a couple times. You come in, you be the backup heroes, uh, back quarterback hero, you save the world, and then you can get us to another NFC Conference Championship game. And I think the 49ers made their team, their organization, and their run to maybe a Super Bowl that much better by re-signing Jimmy G-ish. Um, their run to the Super Bowl. I, I don't know about that. I don't know about the run to the Super Bowl thing. Um, 
It, it it was big news. I agree. It was really big news to hear him come back because everybody was so set on him leaving. Uh, you always need a good backup, and I think that having him there is definitely going to be uh, great for them, especially in the division that they play, because you don't know uh, what's going to happen with Trey Lance. You don't know how long Trey Lance is going to be available. Uh, you know, we don't wish an injury upon anyone, but in the division that they play in uh, and with the pass rush that they're going to face, uh, you do have to play uh, L.A. twice. You do have to play Arizona twice. Um, who knows what could happen. So having Jimmy G there is a great security blanket for them because you know what he brings to the table. And I guess moving on with Trey Lance is what you hope to be an upgrade from what he's already done. And if you're upgrading from a guy that can lead you to the Super Bowl or lead you all the way to the NFC Championship game, well then, man, the league needs to look out. Um, But I don't know that this is that groundbreaking. I don't know how much Jimmy G is going to play, to be honest. And until something happens and we – you know, determine whether or not he's going to be needed for an extended period of time. This is okay news, but it's not big news. No one was expecting him to be there in San Francisco anyway. So him staying there is just like, oh, all right. I feel like that's what makes it the big news, though. I feel like because nobody was expecting him to be in San Francisco. I mean, it's only big big news news if your team was expected to pick him up, right? So for any of the teams, if you're Seattle or Cleveland, if you're Cleveland or even some delusional Houston fan, (laughs) I mean, if you're one of those people, then yes, big news for you because your team lost out on possibly bringing in a guy that has led a team to a Super Bowl. But outside of that, in of those fan bases, it's not that big news. San Francisco, who cares? He's probably not going to play unless Trey Lance gets hurt. So I think right. I think Jimmy G gets to lose two starts. Uh, Jalen, what's, what's your what's your thoughts on this? I mean, I think I think you really can't go wrong with the re-signing of Jimmy G. Um, you have a guy that has the IQ and the veteran leadership, and not only does he have that. He was able to lead uh, his team to a Super Bowl run, right? If you go years back, you're able to see this with what? Joe Flacco, right? On their run to the Super Bowl, correct? And, um, you know, so what did they do after Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl? I know he was a little bit past his prime, you know, in play. um, And a lot of his fan base and other fan bases around the NFL don't really uh, deem Joe Flacco as a good and probable fit to be a starting NFL quarterback. He makes a very, very good veteran skill, highly IQ backup. And he served that role. And I think he continued to serve that role for a lot of years. I think this is going to be the similar case with Joe Flacco for Jimmy G. It doesn't take away that he is a a great quarterback, but um, it's clear evidence that they have Trey Lance as their starter. They think he's the guy. And you really don't know. You're right, Ish. Um, You really don't know how long uh, the gears are going to be on for Trey Lance, but you get to see that right now. You get to see um, him get his wings. Um, You know, he's going to be put to the test. He has to play L.A. uh, twice. He has to play Arizona twice, you know. So, um, and then, you know, whatever happens, happens. And then, you know, so I do think, though, coming from Jimmy G's point of view, hey, you know, I was able to do X, Y, Z, and, you know, I was able to be a great fit for the 49ers and then, you know, to kind of be brought back like, oh, I'm safe. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know how to feel about that. But then again, he did. Uh, he, 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 no one really expected him to stay. And so, but I'm happy they were able to make the pick because he's somebody that you could have as a 
a good veteran, highly IQ leader uh, as a backup quarterback. So I think San Francisco made the right call. It looks like also Joe Flacco might get another opportunity to be a starter once again with the New York Jets uh, week mm-hmm. one. So it's funny how the world turns uh, from time to time. You just never yeah, know who you might have to rely on. Uh, just due to the the freaky nature of the NFL. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. And this was, again, if the first one wasn't a surprise, this one might have been, again, depending on who you are, maybe not to Ish, but I know it was for me. And I'm going to throw this to, to of course, our guy Jaden because this is his position. Uh, Saints trade uh, Gardner Johnson to the Eagles, who – uh, you know, he might not be the, the 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 he might not be in the starting role with the Saints that he wants to be in, but he's definitely a guy that I feel like brings the energy, brings the swagger to that defense. And I was thinking him with Tyron Matthew was going to be a hell of a uh, a showing in the secondary. Uh, their secondary is stacked, though. I mean, they have a hell of a secondary coming into play this upcoming season. But for the Saints to trade up to the Eagles. Um, I want to hear from all of us, of course, and starting off with you, Jaden, um, who won the trade? And also, um, I'm going to throw it out there. Are the Eagles uh, feel as though that they have a opportunity to make a run at Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, well, I think that uh, the Gardner-Johnson trade is a uh, – it can be a devastating loss for the Saints. I know he was starting to shape his role, even though he probably wasn't happy with the role that he was in with the Saints – I think his role was still powerful enough for him to make a huge difference on the Saints defense. He has shown to do that last season. I believe he was able to do that. Um, And this year, you know, with that trade to the Eagles, and, you know, I think that's going to be a huge help for the Eagles um, with guys like what? I believe Darius Slay is still there. Um, There are some guys on that defense that they're starting to acquire, and I know the Eagles could use some help. A lot of fan bases around the NFL uh, see that, not just myself. They see that the Eagles are going to, uh, they need a lot of help on defense. They've already started to acquire some dangerous weapons on offense at receiver. Um, they have um, a highly skilled, high-minded quarterback in Jalen Hurts who's doing nothing but uh, showing leadership and, and demonstrating leadership amongst his teammates. So the guys that he was able to get in, uh, like Jalen Reger, uh, A.J. Brown on those rosters, um, you know, just guys, you know, getting them all on one page. Um, I think I think with these trades that the Eagles are acquiring and picking up, um, they could they could be in a postseason run if they play their cards right. For the Saints, um, the Saints are, are very very powerful. Uh, we've known that they they've been powerful the last few years due to some small situations like the one with the Rams, the unfair call that shocked the whole nation. Um, they would have made a postseason run too, and then of course the following year after that they kind of blew it a little bit in the uh, in the earlier uh, first first round, first round, I believe. So, um, you know, I think that was a harsh trade for the Saints because uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is somebody that you would hate to be playing against. That This is a guy that you don't want to see in the secondary going against your offense, um, but you, you root for him when he's in your team. So, you know, he makes plays for your team. So um, I think the Saints are going to hate to see him go, but um, – I think the Eagles are going to be happy about this trade, but the Saints are still going to be pretty good for the season. Hey, who knows? Maybe a potential playoff matchup, Saints versus Eagles, and maybe Gardner Johnson could be the reason why the Eagles might win that game off of a revenge interception off Jameis Winston. 
could be something to look <laughs> for. I'm just saying hey, it has happened. I mean, it's I'm just saying it can happen. All right, Lee says Eagles cut Anthony Harris. He's going to play full-time safety and not nickel like he did in New Orleans. He's a dog for a fifth and a sixth. That's incredible value. Of course, you already know if you're tuning in the X Soccer Ish, you know your boy Lee knows his thing and he is not wrong on that one. Ish, how you feel about this whole situation? No, I mean it's a it's a big trade. It's a big trade from the Eagles. Just their um, it's a statement for them to. I think number one, it's a statement to the Cowboys in their very own division, right? Um, a lot of people felt last year and going into this year that the Cowboys were the best team in that division, and even though they lacked depth at the wide receiver position, people still look at them. They say, "Oh, you still got Dak. You still got Zeke and Tony Pollard." Like the other teams, they're still a ways behind. But when you see the moves that the Eagles have made this offseason, I definitely feel like this trade going into the season so close to the season is kind of that statement to the rest of their division and the rest of the NFC, which is wide open this year of just saying like, hey, we actually plan to compete. We are going for it this year. We're stacking the deck and believe that we have intentions to be one of the top teams in this um, conference. So that was big for me from New Orleans. I mean, I more so think that, you know, you got to remember that Tyron Matthew did go home. He is there. You know the impact that he was able to have in Houston when he was in Houston, the impact he was able to have in Kansas City. I think that he brings some of that leadership. He brings some of that, you know, versatility that they need on the defense to be able to take a hit like this. I feel like they made this trade knowing one, they couldn't pay um, him what he deserved. Two, um, they have some coverage there that they're going to be able to, they'll be all right. I think they believe they'll be all right in the NFC South. You know, you got Tom Brady, and then you've got the question mark that is Carolina. Um, we'll talk about that as upcoming season. Yeah, we'll talk about that. So, it's for me, I, I feel like both teams came out all right, but I definitely feel like the Eagles got the better end of the deal. To, like when you just look at it on face value, they got the better end of the deal. And if he's able to go in and make that impact, and like Lee said, he's going to be playing full time safety, then man, I may have to. I'm, I've got some tough decisions to make for next week's show when we do. Oh, yeah. Next week, next week gonna be fun. It's going to be really be hard. Some <laughs> of these moves have made it really hard for me to look at some, some of these divisions. Are, are, are team, I mean, you can pick two, maybe three different teams to win certain yeah. divisions out here. I mean, yeah, definitely. I definitely like that this upcoming season. I definitely agree. I just, some of these trades are just so shocking. So, to see what's going on. Like, you know, now, like, I think I'm at a time more than ever now where there's just a plethora of options of who can sneak in and, and, and claim the rankings, claim the division, because there's just so much like, you know, with a Hollywood Brown as a receiver, leaving the Ravens, you know, he's shown that he could be very, very dangerous at the receiver position, even though he's smaller, you know, he's so elusive and, you know, with Julio, uh, leaving uh, the Titans and going to the Buccaneers. And, you know, you just see a bunch of different things happening, like things that you just – you probably wouldn't have to question a few years ago, like about a, an individual's loyalty to a team because he knows the type of money that he's going to get and what he deserves and what the what he feels they're going to pay. There's just so much uncertainty, uncertainty now. So I'm excited for this upcoming season. I'll go ahead and wrap it up right quick, my two cents on this. Um, I mean, again – 
I thought the Saints would go into the season with the secondary that they had, especially with Garner Johnson. And I'm not trying to put Garner Johnson up there with um, the guys like a Tyron Matthew, but he, again, he brought, I feel like he brought something that was uncoachable. Uh, uh, that's something that's very valuable, which is, again, that that attitude, uh, that dog mentality. And I'm one thing, look, one thing I would say about the Eagles, we can talk about their fan base all they want to, while we want to. We can talk about, you know, some of the silly mistakes that they've done when it comes to quarterback play, coaching, coaching, decision making, all that stuff. One thing I do respect when it comes to the Eagles and their management, if they feel as though they could win a championship this year, they will do whatever they need to do to make it happen. And I respect right. that tremendously because there are some organizations out here who are too scared and like to pussyfoot amongst trying to get better talent and get better and sorry and try to win this year. The yeah. NFL is a league where you can win. We saw what happens this past season with the with the Cincinnati Bengals. You can make it to a Super Bowl and and try to win one at least one time. Everybody wants to be the Patriots so bad that you forget that they if they have to win one to, to be able to obtain to obtain six, right? So with right. that being said, start on the number one first. And once you get that first one, then you can try to get a number two. But with, with that being said, I just don't I just don't see too many franchises saying, look, we are like right there. Let's try to get a couple. The, the a main team I bring up is like the Vikings. The yep. Vikings are right there. They just need a couple more pieces. No. And they can no, okay. No, that's your no. opinion. That, no, I'm get, just get out of here. No, nah, get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> the Vikings. You you gonna say well, the damn Vikings? No, I'm just, no X. I'm just saying, no. Again, the NFC's wide open. An injury here or there can lead the. They, they can't even beat the pack. They can't beat the Packers in their own division. They they're not even sniffing the, the division. You gonna bring up the Vikings and say they one piece away? One piece away. All I'm saying, a is, piece away did, from did, away. Did the Vikings, did the Vikings beat the Seahawks last? Year? I don't think the Vikings even beat the Seahawks last year. Tune in to X Talkers next week. And I'll be a very surprised divisional pick that you will not expect. I'm going to leave okay. it at that. Let's go ahead and move on. We got to wrap up. Damn right. You damn right. We got to wrap it up tonight with these notable NFL cuts. And yep. the reason why I'm bringing this up is honestly not to, of course, talk down on anybody that got cut because that's not what we're here. That's not what we're here to do. I'm bringing up some of these guys because if you look at the way that the NFL is structured right now, it is just that. Depth, I mean, depth-wise in the NFL is just tremendous right now. The amount of great players that are in the league right now, and you have some of these guys, and these are just the the last cuts of this of the uh, of course of of the of training camp. These are not even the guys that are still a free agent that didn't even go through training camp. There are high-profile names that are still waiting to sign for a team because they didn't want to go through training camp. So some of these guys that, of course, I, I put down, and of course, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's other guys out there that are that I haven't mentioned, I'm pretty sure Lee is going to put them down there. And that's Duke Johnson, O.J. Howard, Dakota Allen, the guy linebacker from Last Chance U, Marlon Mack, Laquan Treadwell, who was the guy that was, you know, on par to maybe be the next big thing receiver-wise. Josh Gordon, of course, we know his history. Alex Leatherwood, Kenyon Drake, Mohamed Sanu, Kellen Munn. Uh, The reason why, of course, I put him in there if you are a Houston Texan fan. A lot of people feel as though they got the pick right, being able to get a guy like Davis Mills over Kellen Munn. 
Robert Nimbi Robert Kimdichi. Oh, I knew I was gonna mess that up. Logan Ryan, and of course Brett Kern. If you don't know who Brett Kern is, he of course is a longtime punter for the Tennessee Titans, a guy that is um, very underrated in the uh, the in the kicking world. But again, if you know about him, you know about him. With that being said, I'll throw this to Ish and Jaden. Uh, are there any guys that you were surprised to see get cut? Is there anybody that – oh, or, and also as well, any one of these guys, do you feel like they would be able to bounce back on another team pretty quickly? And do you also feel like out of these lists, do you feel like it might be the end of the road for a guy maybe like Josh Gordon, maybe a guy like Muhammad Sanu? Uh, let me hear what you got to say. Go ahead, Jaden. Yeah, Um some names on there that really like threw me out of the loop. Uh, number one was uh, Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack, you guys know he played for the Indianapolis Colts. And um, although he didn't show signs of being like Jonathan Taylor and just like completely like outbesting everybody for a portion of the season, he still showed to be a vital role. Um, he's a very shifty and elusive type of guy with incredible speed. I really like him. He's really downhill too. If, you know, if they need him to be downhill, he's downhill. So I was very surprised to see that. I know Duke Johnson um, was, uh, he played a, he played a good role with uh, David Johnson over for the Houston Texans. I feel like the Houston Texans are a team that like high profile guys, if they don't make it on their team, Houston kind of brings them on and lets them develop, you know, even though, you know, it's still an NFL team, but they kind of bring them there and let them uh, develop. So um, Duke Johnson getting cut. Yeah. I, I really didn't like that. And then the other one that um, really surprised me the most was uh, um, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake had, had a good run with the Cardinals and then he transferred to the, uh, or he was picked up by the Las Vegas Raiders, um, which he was doing pretty well, but he suffered a broken ankle due to, um, you know, what I believe is a controversial um, tackle. Um, the individual, I don't know the name, but I saw the play when he tackled Kenyon Drake. He almost, like, wrapped his legs in a in, in a in a portion that kind of, like, folded his legs in half to where as he was falling, um, he would fall back on his uh, ankle, causing, causing that, break, that broken ankle. Um, but for Kenyon Drake, that one surprised me the most because this is he, – he's very impactful – He's shown what he can do as a running back. Um, he's not incredibly young, but he's still young. Um, and his injuries, even though there are injuries, these are ones that you can clearly bounce back from um, better than most. You know, it's not like it's a torn ACL, um, a torn Achilles. It's a broken ankle. Um, if you take care of it and you do things right, you can see the field a lot faster than most of uh, most other injuries. So um, I was very, very uh, disheartened to find out that Kenyon Drake uh, – was cut because, you know, he's one of my favorite running backs in the league. So, and yeah, he's, yeah. he's a guy that's definitely been bounced around in the league. I uh, thought he definitely found a home in Miami, but it just has not seemed that way. Uh, let's hope to see if he gets back on the team. Uh, of course, our guy Lee, I told you he was going to pop up. He says, I'm surprised you didn't say Gerard Davis, one of the best tacklers in the league for years. So, so weird to see the Lions let their leader go. Same with Kennard and Arizona. This league is such a crazy business. Going to be a hell of a year. He is not wrong about that at all-ish. you have anything to say about the notable NFL cuts? I mean, oh, yeah, it's like my bad. Appreciate my bad. Yeah. For the, appreciate the update, Lee. He said Ravens already signed Drake. Real yeah, quick, Ravens are signing Kenyon Drake. Thank you. Um, Thank you for that, Lee. 
Oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, I appreciate appreciate that Lee for the reminder. I did see that he was gonna sign with the Ravens. Thank you. I'm glad I could do a follow up on it now. The Ravens, the Ravens are gonna the Ravens are gonna have 17 lot or running backs in their stable, apparently. Ish. Man, so many, so many. Um yeah, I mean, I, I don't think any of the any of the uh the names that we noted surprised me. Um more so just some disappointment. Laquan Trewell, that one was a disappointment for me just because, you know, the expectations coming out and what everybody thought he was going to be able to do. Um, he was – it looked like he was doing all right in Jacksonville and then just – I don't know, man. It just it just uh, it fell apart. Maybe he gets another opportunity. Maybe he does not get another opportunity. I don't know that he does. Um, I wasn't surprised with Marlon Mack because being here in Houston and watching preseason – uh, I can just tell you right off the bat, uh, rookie running back Damian Pierce that they got, that man is a dog. Like it was very clear early on that the hype was coming out in camp. People mm-hmm. were talking about it. He was moving up the depth chart. And then I watched, I actually, and I know a lot of y'all are going to be surprised if you watch the show. I actually tuned in to a Houston preseason game because I heard the hype about this man and I wanted to see it. Oh my and, god. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I actually watched it. And let me just say, I was actually entertained. Oh my god. I was entertained watching oh the Texans. It, it's it the first. I know. I normally I normally am getting on them. I'm normally talking bad about the oh, organization. Yeah. But I was impressed. The man is a dog. He was running. With that terrible line, he was still making some plays. So I'm interested to see. I will actually tune in week one, Texans. I'm telling you now, I'm tuning in week one to watch y'all play. Mainly because if you you come out here and you play like the garbage you have been putting on display the past couple years, I will not be tuning in again. Okay? Like, this is one shot I'm giving y'all. I'm going to get on one side and then I'm done. (laughs) <laughs> I'm excited to see the Texans play, you know, one is because I know this isn't a, a high profile name that was cut, but he was an Oregon Duck album. Um, Johnny Johnson, the third, um, who spent five years with the Oregon Ducks. And then, you know, he went as an undrafted free agent. Now, there's really nothing you can do about that. Once your time is done to play college football, your eligibility is done. It's time for you to move on. But thankfully, he was invited to the draft. He was able to show his profile. He's very consistent. I was very surprised because he caught a couple of touchdowns and he had a a couple of um, big receiving plays as a receiver in preseason for the Texans. And I know for the Texans, you know, you can use that. You can use that. I know I talked about uh, a little bit earlier that I feel like the Texans and the Jaguars are those teams that are like, you know, you can bring guys on for developmental roles because they struggle them and the lions, they struggle. So you see a little bit of those guys who are still awfully talented, but um, they're just not as, you know, high up there with some of these teams that are very, very dominant, some of these notable athletes like Aaron Donald and Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson. So they go to these teams where they can serve that developmental role. And I really believe that they would bring him on as a receiver, Johnny Johnson III, you know, especially after the game-winning touchdown that he had in one of the games in preseason. But, you know, if you're if you're cutting him, you know, then that means you're telling me that these receivers that you have better pre better be worth it and that means I need to be tuned in to see exactly what these uh, receivers are going to be capable of doing. If you're cutting a somebody like that, um, an Oregon dumb, uh, Oregon Duck alum, you know, who's able to put up some incredible numbers at college and then, you know, do what he was able to do in the preseason. 
You're not wrong on that one at all. And hey, the preseason is sometimes where you make a name for yourself. Of course, recent history, a guy like Victor Cruz. Of course, a Hall of Famer, a guy like Terrell Davis. Um, you take away that fourth game from people, it gives it doesn't give an opportunity for a guy to maybe get it, another drive, uh, two more drives to be able to showcase their talent. Um, and, and that's just unfortunate the business of the game right now when it comes to adding that 17 game. Uh, so with that being said, that will do it for the off season. And of course, the off season with X talking is before we get into, of course, uh, the regular season of the NFL week one, of course, will start next Thursday, September 8th. Uh, of course, we'll be here next Tuesday to, of course, uh, drop all of our prediction ah, picks for the upcoming season. It's it is the big, big show. show. Um, it's one of our favorites. Uh, this, uh, of course, that show, the Halloween show, and that's my man. That's not my favorite. That's not one of my favorites. I hate, I hate the prediction show. show. Oh, the prediction show. I Halloween show. No, I hate the prediction show, man. Why? Can you go silly? Because you're wrong. But I always got right, so I'm. I don't think Ish wants to be wrong. I hate that you just said that I'm wrong, X, because I almost perfectly predicted the division winners last year, if I recall. I only and the Cleveland Browns Baker Mayfield. We got it. We got it right in, here. We got it right garbage here. Garbage for me. We still got it. Oh yeah. man! Hey, he almost he almost did it. He almost NFC. did it. I mean NFC. I got again. I got the, the NFC wrong. I'm, I'm okay I got I got the NFC right. I mean I'm, I'm, I mean NFC East wrong. I'm okay with that. I we was also, I was almost perfect. You man. all yeah to the, the the divisional. I mean look again the Titans messed it up on there. I'm not even gonna explain that. I'm gonna leave that. But you picked the Browns. You yeah. had that much faith in Baker Mayfield, huh? But I was right b- about the division, so was, it counts in the long run. It counts that. because the division was right anyway. I was right about the NFC Championship game, though. Yeah. Who cares? Okay, just make sure you're on the same page. Who cares? And then also here was our Super Bowl pick of last year. Of course, we obviously was wrong on that one. Uh, but again, that's what it's about. It's about throwing out your predictions. No, it be right. Oh, it could be wrong. But that's what it's about. We document it. We have it down on tape, so we can always go back and look at it just in case. And with that, this year of all years is going to be rough, man. Oh, it's going to be fun. It's too it's wide be open, fun. Man. So again, that's why we we have this Ugh. show. Um, with that being said, again, we appreciate Mr. Jaden Gordon for being on the show we for do. tonight. Uh, as you can see, again, I'm having his Twitter handle strolling down on the bottom at Jaden Gordon underscore. And if you are tuning in on the podcast, that is at J-A-E-D-E-N-G-O-R-D-O-R underscore. So go ahead and make sure you check them out on Twitter. Uh, Jade, I'm pretty sure a lot of people get your name or spell your name incorrectly all the time. Yeah, they do. They yeah. spell it um, without the E coming after the A. Yeah. Or they'll take the they'll they'll put the O um after you know they'll put the O where the second E needs to be. Yeah, yeah. But hey, it's, like a, it's a conversation starter. Yeah, oh. it is it is. No, 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 no wrong with the Rainbow Warrior, Mr. Jeff Gordon. <laughs> all right, with that being said, again, we appreciate everybody as always for tuning in. We do also on all social media uh, social media streaming platforms. Uh check us out on the podcast. We are just that close to 4,000 streams. Let's go ahead and get there before the season starts. And, right and as well, please join us next Tuesday for our prediction show. 
cannot wait for that. And tune in the rest of the season because we will have Jaden back on. He he's a guy that needs to be back on the show. He needs to get to continue to keep working on his craft, and that's being in front of the camera. So we're gonna make sure that happens for him. Uh, so with that being said, Most definitely. we'll see y'all next week. X talking ish, eight o'clock central, ten o'clock eastern time.